0: Good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast of Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Thursday, December 14th, 2023. At our top story today, many parents are unaware when their kids fall behind at the grade level. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Bib Hubbard is the president and founder of Learning Heroes. Bib, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning.
1: So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having
0: me. And uh, I was joking with you offline or in the green room, the virtual green room, I was thinking about bringing my report cards, uh, my report report cards from elementary and junior and high school, but then I rethought about that. I thought about some of the grades. So I didn't bring them here, but what I want to dive into is how important is the report card? Because I remember bringing that report card to my folks. They had to sign it. It had all the details about how Jeffrey was doing or what he needed to approve upon And there was quite a bit but how important is that report card in today's learning environment
1: you know the report card is critically important so i don't want to take away from all of the components that make up a report card so it measures you know um your effort your ability to show up in class to ask good questions to be a good peer to problem solve to even you know turn your assignments in with your name on it. I don't know. my My younger son had a difficult time remembering to put his name on his piece of paper and getting credit for it. So it is a reflection of a lot of really important measures. But what is the challenge is that we see um, parents don't parents equal I mean equate that grade to grade level mastery. And so imagine you have a fourth grader who's getting an A or a B. Uh, in reading. And 80% of parents basically say that their children get all Bs or above. And that is of, you know, uh, uh, our Gallup Learning Heroes poll data from just a few weeks ago. But to a parent, that means that fourth grader is reading at a fourth grade level, because clearly they're getting an A or a B. But that's not what that means. That fourth grader could be reading at a second grade level, but doing really well at the second grade level that they're at. So they're, they're doing, they're turning in their assignments again, the quizzes they're taking based on that second grade level, they're, they're doing well, they're mastering that, but it's not fourth grade level reading. And so that is the, that's the communications breakdown. Uh, Teachers are not communicating to families where necessarily where that child is. And so Our call to action for for parents in particular is just ask your teacher, first and foremost, is my child reading on their grade level? And if not, let's make a plan to do something about that. Um, So to not throw away the B, but we need to unpack the B and let parents know that there's more to a grade than grade level mastery. And often the report card masks what's really happening in terms of that grade level mastery.
0: Uh, I seem to recall back when I was a, a student, uh, there were parent-teacher conferences uh, where my parents would come in and learn some of the things that maybe I didn't want them to learn, but also about me and my some of my behaviors. But also, that was a time when they could hear some of that feedback. You know, Jeffrey needed to needs to improve on his reading. He needs to do more vocabulary. Uh, does that still take place in today's Learning environment, I, you know it's been, I'm so far removed. I don't have children. I have nieces and nephews who are in school, but I'm so far removed from that process. Does that take place today, and is that a good place to have the conversation you're you're discussing?
1: It is a great place, and they are still happening. so actually, and again, in our recent poll with gallup eighty six percent of parents said that they're attending their parent teacher conferences, which is a which is a dramatic increase. Um, in participation based on our previous data. So we've been conducting annual national surveys of of families since 2016. And just a few years ago, um, it was about 50% of parents who said that they were taking advantage of the parent-teacher conferences. So we saw a, a, a really wonderful increase in that level of participation. But there are a couple of challenges baked into that setting. Um, that need to be confronted. So one, they're typically really short, right? So you're trying to squeeze a lot of information into a very short period of time. And imagine you're a Spanish speaking family or a a family who speaks another language. You have to wait for a translator to join that conversation. So in many cases, families are waiting two to three hours to take it their turn to be able to spend the 15 10 to 15 minutes with that teacher and that translator. Not super practical. So a lot of families um, don't have access to even that, um, that communication because it's just, it's just, it's too hard to make make it happen. Um, and we also know that because it's such a short period of time, and teachers, there isn't an expectation that teachers need to tell families necessarily that their child, at what grade level their child is is performing on. So a lot of time what happens is teachers focus on a lot of these other important pieces. You know, um, yep, they're asking good questions. They are a good friend. And again, these are important, but parents deserve to know and should know where their child is um, in terms of their grade level mastery. But a lot of times teachers are not expected to to share that information with families. They're not trained. To share that information with families, um, and because of the time constraints, don't often have time to to share that with families. So, again, we're asking parents to ask the question, um, put that at the top of the list, and we're asking school leaders and district leaders to give teachers the time, the training, the tools the ongoing communication strategies so that it's not just a one-and-done parent-teacher conference, and that's like the only way that, that teachers and parents can team up. There needs to be more consistency, more predictability um, in those communications.
0: Yeah, and, and especially you think about today's technology, um, you know, there's Zoom and Teams and all these other ways to interact. You can email. Those things really, didn't when I was a kid, they didn't exist. You actually had to pick up the phone or you had to go in, in, in front of the teacher or make an appointment. There's so much technology today, Bib, that really should help foster this type of engagement.
1: So, and there have been big strides. So there are companies, organizations, nonprofits and for-profits like Remind, Talking Points. There's several ways that, um, that are texting platforms where teachers can um, put in a text to to families and then it gets translated into the the language, the family's language. Um, so there are lots of really cool ways that that that's starting to happen. AI can help out a lot as well. Um, but you can't replace that relationship. So you know, first and foremost, we're all humans. We're all relational. So at the beginning of the year, we, we found the, str- the, the schools that do this really well, they prioritize that relationship. So getting to know the teacher, getting to know the family, getting to know the child and, and what's happening in that home environment is so critical. So again, at the very beginning of the year, you know we have a website called BeALearningHero.org with, with free tools in English and Spanish for families to access, to be able to help navigate on behalf of their children, one of the tools we have is a dear teacher letter. So if you think about Mad Libs, right? Remember Mad yeah, Libs?
0: I love Back Mad so
1: Libs. Love, love Mad Libs, exactly. So it's like a Mad Libs letter where you can just fill in the blank. So dear, whatever teacher your teacher's name is, this is my family's, this is what we love to do. This is how we spend our free time. This is where my family comes from. This is what my child loves to do. This is really what my child hates to do. This is where they struggle. So the teacher is getting a picture of who that child is and where they come from so that the teacher can better meet the needs in the classroom. And many teachers are good about, you know, sharing their own personal history and stories with families, but making those phone calls at the beginning of the year. So the first time a, a family's hearing from the teacher isn't bad news. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's good news and it's an it's an introduction. It's a relationship. And the schools that do that well, they see incredible s- outcomes uh, for students and, and for teachers and for schools overall.
0: Yeah. Well, Bib, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about importance of grades and relating to the teacher. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. You're tired, you're Imagine a new television network. That will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa To the next frontier of retirement and savings, this is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Bib Hubbard of Learning Heroes. Bib, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning.
1: I'm super happy to be here and to continue to dive in. Let's go. Yeah,
0: this, this is fun. And uh, taking me back um, to really fun times, um, and 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 this is so important. I think about my nieces and nephews, and and how important education is and going to be for the future. Um, I want to take a step back because uh, when I was a student, or just think about these teachers. A lot of them have twenty five, thirty children um, in a class, and and oftentimes they're they're teaching in the class by themselves. They may not have an assistant. Does this create does that volume of people, being responsible for twenty five thirty children, their children, um, does that create the challenges that we're talking about this morning?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, time is one thing you can't change, right? You can't you can't expand time, you can't add time. Like that, it is actually a zero sum game, if you will. So, absolutely, that's a that's a reality, um, you know, for for teachers. But it's there are ways around that. So. We know as it relates to building, you know, trusting relationships with families, again, schools that do this practice really well, they don't put the full responsibility on one teacher or like one family liaison. It's the whole school that is a community and embraces families and sees them as the assets and the allies that they are. So that the teacher, you know, may be responsible, you know, it it has an expectation to reach five families a week so it's not they have to talk to 30 families every single week but just you know track those five families a week and then by the end of the month you'll have a a pretty good sense of what's going on in children's homes um and and what's happening at home you know impacts what's happening at school and vice versa so and again you know we do this research with with um families where we'll talk to the parent and we'll talk to the child together and then the child leaves and the parent stays and then the um, the parent stays and the child leaves and the disconnects are so dramatic. I mean, the child at school is very different than a child at home and the child wants to protect their, their parent, right? Well, and themselves. So, you know, when we ask a, a parent, what's your, what is your, what lights your child up? What do they love to do? And the parent will say, oh my gosh, they are such avid readers, they love reading. And then the child comes in like, oh, I hate reading. <laughs> I really wanna be a scientist. And you're like, wait, are this the, these the same people? Um, but that's just the reality. And then when you ask you know, children like, well, why don't you tell your parents the full story? They're like, well, I don't wanna disappoint them. I don't wanna get in trouble. I don't wanna lose privileges. So they are good at masking what's happening in the classroom. And so again, it's that that parent-teacher connection is vital to make sure that families are supporting their children the best way they can when they're at home. And then teachers have an understanding of what's happening at home so they can be responsive to the child's needs in that classroom setting. So technology can definitely play a role and the strategies, the policies, the practices that are happening in that whole school building also make quite a difference. And making sure the teachers have that training to talk to, to families is really important and supporting teachers in that because it's it's really hard to build relationships. It's, it's not easy. And again, last I'll say is we've conducted a lot of research among teachers and asked, you know, why are you not having these direct conversations about grade level achievement with families. And many teachers say it's fear-based. I'm afraid I'm not gonna be believed. I'm afraid I'm gonna be blamed. And many say, I am afraid my principal's not gonna have my back. So it, there's it's it's complex, but it's also quite solvable, right? Yeah, so it is something we can do.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was gonna ask you last question about the curricula to become a teacher um there is a my mom my mother was a teacher she went through oh, education. I mean this is you know my mom's retired uh went on to other, some other things but she was a teacher early on in her career there's a robust and rigorous process to become a teacher does that include the relational components that we're discussing this morning i mean it sounds like it doesn't, it doesn't exist for these teachers no. and it's crazy teach but but it's strange to me because teaching is relational. Because I have to show you, I'm the adult, I'm the experienced one, and I'm going to take you from the unlearned to the learned. So you would think that that involves a relationship with the child and, and the children in the room.
1: Well, so it, it's very, so the, the the pedagogy today and the training for teachers is really classroom and school-based. So it is about instructional practice, it's about instructional pedagogy, but there is I mean, we've we've done a scan of this, there is a dearth, very limited um, professional development or training for teachers to engage families. And in fact, when we asked, um, so that's a huge opportunity and there are organizations um, who are tackling that and, tra- and creating curriculum for teachers in training so that they feel comfortable and have the skills because it's a skill to be able to engage with families from different cultures, different languages. Um, you know, it is. This is hard work, and and it does take time. And so, principals need to give teachers the the time. So, like how the school day is structured needs to be in place, the policies, the supports. Um, but it is being. You know, there are schools that are doing this this type of work, so it can be done. Um, but it is shocking that. Many of these schools of education don't have one course on engaging families. I mean, it's just, it's kind of bananas. So like, it seems like low hanging fruit, speaking of bananas. (laughs) Why can't we do that? that?
0: I I don't know. It just seems very simple to me. And it's something that when you look at our academic record recently, just from what I've read in the popular press, we haven't been doing well, um, as well as we should, compared to maybe some of our peers internationally. Uh, this seems like, you know, I, I just believe that I personally believe and Again, I'm, I don't have your background, but if you can engage with people and bring them into your world a little bit and share, they'll have more empathy and maybe a little bit more buy-in. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I think that that really is really is needed here to really improve. These, this is our future generation. These are the people that are going to be leading our country, developing uh, vaccines and other. Uh, amazing technological developments that help us. So it just seems like that would be an easy place to start. Well, Bib, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to talk to you. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon.
1: Really appreciate the time and the conversation. Thank you so much.
0: And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to? Drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance tech, so much more in all in one place, Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, and visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.